Hello, everyone. How are we? We well? Yeah. Awesome. It is a lovely, crazy weather day in Edinburgh. Last Friday of the Fringe, it was raining while it was sunny. What the fuck is going on? That's the apocalypse, right? I was staring at the sun, holding an umbrella. How? If anyone's questioning global warming, it's here, it's now. It hailed last night. Was any of you out when it hailed last night? For no, There was no clouds in the sky. And just raw, I think it's the English trying to say something about the independence vote, and they don't know what to say, so they're just using weird weapons. But hi, guys. Thank you so much for coming. Not a laughing crowd, more of a staring contest we have going so far. But the door is locked. Even if there's a fire, we will die together. So welcome to my little experiment. So this is a uh, completely improvised hour of stand-up comedy inspired by uh, comedians on the fringe, uh, by all of you, by the people coming in right on time. Come on in, guys. you got to come up to the front, though. Round of applause for the brave people coming to the front, ladies and gentlemen. Right off the bat, we are going to get to know... What is your name, miss? Don. Don and... Don and Damien, a lovely, pleasant name, son of the devil. <laughs> All right, first note of the show. That show is excessively loud. I always ask them to keep it down a little bit, so I've taken to spreading rumors about them. Yesterday, I told everyone that they invented pedophilia, and <laughs> they did, they did. They invented it, and then they were very loud about it, and it spread, and look at it, it's horrible. I think they are responsible for 9-11. I can't have it confirmed. People are talking, I'm pretty, like, listen to them. I say it, and they started cheering, those bastards. <laughs> evil sons of bitches. Right, Damien? You know, you're evil. I invented You invented it? No, I didn't invent it. I know, calm down, Damien. Be cool. And so, Damien, I'm not accusing you of, I would not accuse the Dark Lord of anything. Hail Satan. Anyway, so, so Damien, where are you from? Bolton, that's a town. Near Manchester. Near Manchester. I know where Bolton is. I did a gig there that was best described as boo, get off stage, American. And then I said Canadian, and then I still got off stage. <laughs> Hi, guys. Thanks for coming. How are you? Just learning about Bolton. You have to come to the front. It's the only seats available. Yeah, no. That, that's a, yes, thank you very much. And her honesty especially was the best. Ah, shit. Did you get your crisp? You got your crisp. Fantastic. They only had salt. Those bastards, right? They didn't have cheese and onion. The crisp flavors on this island are out of fucking whack. I bought roast dinner two days ago. What chemicals are they putting on potatoes that made it taste like a full roast dinner? And it did. Like, it tasted like roast beet, then Yorkshire pudding, then gravy, then your father yelling at you for being a disappointment. It was amazing. I don't know how they did it. So you got salt and vinegar? Thank you very much. I am going to tell you. I'm not. Crisps? Crisp on offer. Very civil crowd. I've been in pubs. Someone just says the word crisps and then a woman gets punched. Like, it was in Bolton. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. And so you still live in Bolton? No, I live in Glasgow. You live in Glasgow now. That's fan lovely Glasgow town. Love it very much. Do you like Glasgow? Love it. And is that where you know Don from? Yes. And what is your relationship to Don? You're shagging. <laughs> Straight to the fucking heart of the matter, huh, Damien? Not we're seeing each other, not we don't know how it's going. I fuck her. For years. And you haven't committed to a relationship? You just show up whenever you're drunk and looking for something weird. You don't want to rush things? I feel like an old man at times. Because I'm 29 and even now I'm like, that's ridiculous, man. If you 
if you fucked her on consecutive New Year's, you're dating. <laughs> uh, you don't have to laugh at that, but that's true. That's the key to the relationship. If there's a Christmas tree, then you can picture her vagina. Then another Christmas tree, you can picture her vagina. That's a relationship. Have you gotten her gifts? You're a, you're a prize, aren't you, Dama? <laughs> Just show up with a boner and no questions. <laughs> and how do you feel about this arrangement, Don? Oh, you live together. Oh, so he's just a piece of shit. Like, you're very much in love with him, and he is still looking for someone else who's better in his mind. You're not going to find someone better. Your name is Damien. That's so creepy. No one's swiping right on twin on Twinder. Was it Tinder? That creepy, that app that's just like, it should just be called Time to Fuck. If you really don't know what Tinder is, it's this app that you can uh, get on your phone. Um, and it shows you a photo of one human, and you decide based on that photo. Literally, you are judging the book by its cover. Do you want it? Yes. No. And everyone's into it, even the child dressed as a tiger. <laughs> I haven't even... S I, uh, we'll get to you in a second. <laughs> How old are you? 24. You're 24, with a face painted like a tiger. Which of the pretty girls said that was a good idea? Both of them. You are a sucker, brother. And you know what? I would have done the exact same fucking thing. I would have gotten a tail added. I would be shirtless, completely painted up like a tiger. Like, huh? I'm great. It's a Frosted Flakes joke. Now, so Damien, you and Don, how did you meet Don? Uh, through work. Through work. What do you do for a living? Oh, it's what I was working behind a bar. You were working behind a bar, so you got her drunk. <laughs> she didn't need to be? You you're a sh What? That woman nearly slapped the fucking taste out of your mouth. And good for you, miss. Did you see your face was priceless when he went, I needed to be, you just What? Not in my fucking day. We used to kill people like you. That's very nice. And so you very much say it with some enthusiasm, brother. That you said that with a tone usually reserved for a time when someone says you need to do the dishes. Oh well, I very much should. So how many years? Three years. Three years. Key to making a relationship last three years is obviously take it incredibly slow. <laughs> What's the biggest fight you guys have ever had? Uh, I'll go to Don. Don. <laughs> not a big fighting couple. You just you don't you don't fight. I fucking hate couples like you. You're not in it. You're not trying to win the relationship. You see that laughing? Those are the people that know. Look in the room. You can see the men that aren't, they're not even moving their faces. They're married. They're no, they're just waiting. Oh, I'm not going to put the cup where I'm supposed to put the cup. And then she's going to say something, and I'm going to bring up the fact that she crashed the car two years ago. It's going to be awesome. And then when she says, well, yeah, every time you use the toilet, there is a streak of shit. And then I'm going to bring up the time that her sister came over to stay the night and lived in our house for six fucking weeks. Meth addict whore. Well, that's very... I have a girlfriend, too. It's, it's only been four months, and it's, it's going pretty great. We've had one fight, which was uh, she texted me a sweet, lovely message in the morning encouraging me to have a good day at the Fringe, and then I did not respond for 30 hours because I, I forgot. 
and she said that was a little rude. And I, I don't know if you guys know this about me, I'm a bit defensive. So I went on the attack going, no, it's a little rude that you would expect someone that you care about to respond to right away. Maybe you need to not be so selfish. Because I'm a prick. I'm a prick. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm an idiot. And I also forgot that I was starting a fight with a smart person. So she went, what would, and then she went, well, how would you feel if I texted you and then 30 hours later you responded? And I said, well, I would be very hurt. And then she went, well, I'm just feeling that too. And then I went, well, well, we're different. And then I said, I'm a performer. Our souls are sensitive. And I could hear her mouth the words, I can't believe I fuck him. <laughs> but we all patched up when I realized I was in the wrong. And now we're all good. And it's very nice. And she'll listen to this podcast and say, I didn't say that, but you are still a prick. <laughs> That's very nice. And then we have the two ladies with crisps. Why did you need crisps? It's one of the most honest answers I've ever heard. Not, I needed the sodium, just, I like to eat. I'm one of those women that can, I, d I ate a cake for breakfast and I still look fucking attractive. You got a fucking problem with that? Too fucking bad. And what is your name, miss? It's Lily. Lily, what a lovely name. It's the opposite of the name Damien. <laughs> Seriously, why, 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 why? I hope you didn't. What did you look like as a baby? Did you have horns and a tail? 666 ran so much. Thank you, Lily, for getting that joke. The rest of you, be like Lily. <laughs> laughing at the humor as opposed to what you're doing, sir, which is smiling and then looking at your girlfriend for approval. She won't break up with you if you laugh at something she doesn't. Be free. Be like Damien. He just acts like he's single and Don lives accordingly. <laughs> so you just eat a lot? Oh, your friends must hate your fucking guts. I just a sincere cry of an English. I hope not. And where are you from, Lily? I'm, I'm from Buckinghamshire. From Buckinghamshire? <laughs> Look at the posh boots on Lily. <laughs> Is Buckinghamshire posh? It sounds posh. No, I, I'm from a place down here. Near Luton is where I'm from. Oh, fuck. By the airport? <laughs> no, no. I, I, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I came from Luton Airport to get to Edinburgh. Yeah, I would assume. It yeah, I would assume it's a place. It'd be weird if you went there to take the bus. I know you're saying you're not posh, but that face was the most posh face I've ever seen in my entire life. We went, no, I want to, the coach? I don't fucking think so. <laughs> I use that to move my shoes. <laughs> and what do you do for a living, Lily? I actually uh, don't have a job right now. I quit my job on Friday. You're really not helping with that posh case right there. I start a new job on Tuesday. But what is your job? I've Currently nothing. All right. All right, specific <laughs> McGillicuddy. What? What was the job you just left? Oh, well, I just left a temp job in Argos. That will help not posh. Oh, yeah, that's a big not posh job right there. <laughs> Being one of those insincere people behind the counter when I'm having a panic attack not knowing how to use that fucking book. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. If you haven't ra been raised in the UK and you walk into a shop to buy a fan, you expect someone to be there with information, not go to the book. <laughs> but I'm going to come to you in 10 seconds... What the fucking number? How will we cut out the middleman and I just go, fan? And they go, A7. Go to location two. So where did you do it, Argos? I worked in, a, in the office in Milton Keynes. How big is the book in the office? <laughs> do you still have to use it to find the boss? I need to, I need to tell Jerry in HR to stop sexually harassing me. Well, you'll need to consult the catalog. Uh, sexual assault is uh, A4. 
go to location two. And so you worked in the office, and what did you do in the office? Um, just tinkering, because, you know, computers. <laughs> <laughs> Back helping that posh case right there by describing your work as, I was tinkering. <laughs> you know, just being a proletariat in the jojune bourgeois. <laughs> Commenting on the olives and their lack of flavor. You know, rosé in the afternoon, etc. <laughs> and what will your new job be, Lily? Okay, wow, easy. <laughs> are you afraid of children? That was really a thought. I'll be working in a school, not as a teacher. Children are gross. Worse than the poor, if you ask me. It's this amazing thing where it's laugh, dead, laugh, giggle. And what are you going to be doing in the school? That's not a job. You're just breaking into a school and using a computer. Are you going to be working in the office for the head yeah, teacher? In the office. I, I don't know. I haven't done it yet, have I? But you had to apply for the job. <laughs> or did you just walk in and went, I work here. Name's Lily. Book him MGM. Now, ha, ha, ha. You call this tea? I call it a bag of leaves. Lily, <laughs> 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 really, if I didn't have a girlfriend, I'd ask you to marry me. Because I feel like you get shit done. <laughs> I'd be in a movie by the end of the week. You just fly to Hollywood. Hello, Lily from Buckinghamshire. Yeah, he's in the Expendables 4. Why? Don't question it. You call this a camera? I call it nothing. <laughs> Heard of a little place called Luton? Invented it. Before me, it was just a train station. Then I said we should have a plane that you could take a train to. And everyone went, genius. And Lily, who is your friend? This is Jenny. Jenny, how are you, Jenny? Good, thank you. Fantastic. And Jenny, do you also have a weird job? Just in market research. Ah, one of those. You're like a. You're yeah, yeah, you're like a comedian, which is when the apocalypse comes, both of us are fucked. We have no redeem. No one needs someone to determine the brand liability of the food that we don't have. And no one needs the comedian in the corner going, hey, what's the deal with all these zombies? <laughs> Little bitey, right, guys? <laughs> um, and so, market research. Yeah. What uh, brand are you working on currently? So you're selling radios. Police radios. No, I just sell research to the companies about the radios they sell. What the fuck, right, guys? <laughs> do you remember when there were jobs? Like, what do you do? I'm a digger. What do you do? Well, there's a hole. I make it bigger. And when I'm done, make it smaller. Now, what do you do? Uh, yes, I'm in brand de development for a shovel company. Can I get a shovel from you? No, 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 no. No, no, I require, I only sell the research on the type of handles that could be used for a shovel. <laughs> we are in year three of determining whether or not you want the briefcase handle of the shovel or the straight back handle of the shovel. It costs 15 million pounds. <laughs> Yesterday I looked at videos of a kitty on YouTube and then I took a nap underneath my desk. <laughs> Jenny rules. I've never worked in, I worked in an office for, for two weeks. I was in a call center uh, for two weeks and I was supposed to be made a salesman because they were hiring comedians because they thought we'd be jovial on the phones, but it was totally fucking, it's a scam. What it was is that you would call companies and try and get access to their card machines, like their debit and stuff like that and get the data of how many people were using those cards and then you would sell that information back to the person under a different company name. I'm not going to use their companies because there was a lawsuit that I was sort of involved in in that... <laughs> I, 
I was called to testify, and then they had me come in and meet with a lawyer, and they said, well, what was your employment history? And I was like, I was there for two weeks. Uh, week one, or day one, they said, okay, you're going to do um, what they call interface marketing sales, which is t telemarketing. But they don't want to call it telemarketing because that sounds bad. So I was calling people in rural Canada. I called a farm. This I'll never forget this call. I called a, a farm store. Do you know what farm stores are? They're sort of attached to farm or farm shops. And there's just a farmer who's selling his wares to people coming by. And I'm like, "Hello, sir." Uh, and he goes, "Don't call me sir. Sir is my dad. Dad's dead." <laughs> I'm like, "What would you like me to call you?" And he goes, "Call me Gus." And I literally picture like a child's drawing of a farmer. Like he's leaned up against a fence post talking one of those old timey phones. He had to ride a mule to get to the phone. Like he heard it. Stay on the line. Quick going, Bessie. Standing there, just a hay of straw in his mouth, overalls. <laughs> and I went, uh, well, Gus, do you have a, uh, a card machine? And then he said, like for dealing? And I went like, no, for like credit cards. And he went, why? <laughs> I went, well, I, I want to uh, be able to tell you if your data is analytical enough so maybe I can help you uh, increase your sales. And he goes, I know the five people I sell to. It's my brother, my sister, my cousin, my other cousin, and my brother-in-law. Are you selling card machines? Because I would like to know, have one of those, actually, so I can play a fun game of 52-card pickup. <laughs> and then I said, no, we're not. And he goes, you should. You'd be pretty good at it. And I then, thanks, Gus. And then I realized he just sold me on selling card machines. <laughs> and I got no information out of him whatsoever. And then uh, my third day, someone told me to go fuck my mother. And then I said, I'm going to fucking kill you. I have your fucking address, Swizzles Bar and Grill in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Your name is George. I'm going to cut your fucking head off. And I knew they were listening to the call because I saw the supervisor just like come out of his office just looking at me while I was like, and fuck you! And then he was like, uh, John, can we talk to you for a moment? And I got out of my desk and I walk into his office and he goes, so we were monitoring your call and we feel that your rage, it was a little heightened. And he went, what, in your mind, what were you trying to sell? And I just went... I was trying to sell the card machine, but then he told me to go fuck my mother, so then I was just trying to threaten him. <laughs> and then he went, how do you think that helps us sell? And I went, well, if he's scared enough, he might buy. And he actually considered it. Like, he sat there on his desk for a second. That's a very good point. Maybe we should stop calling people and just send a man named Bruno wearing leather gloves. Let's see your data. And he leaned forward and went, perhaps you shouldn't swear as much at the customers. And I went, okay, you got it. And then day, uh, day 13, I lasted 13 days. Day 13, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in my cubicle. <coughs> and the woman, this is what broke me. The woman next to me, this was like her job. This is her career. She was making a lot of money on bonuses because you can make a lot of money from the sales. And, um, and she, uh, she's talking to this person and, uh, and she just ball face lied. She just ball face lied and went, um, well, here's the deal with our data your business will increase in 50%, and that's a guarantee from me. And then she just looked around and read my nameplate. From me, John Hastings. You can guarantee John <laughs> Hastings promises you that your business will grow in 50%. And I'm just sitting there going, what the fuck? And I said that into the, the into the, like I was doing, I was on a call, I just wasn't paying attention to him. And I just went, oh, what the fuck? Don't lie to these people. This is obviously a scam. And then I just looked forward and realized I'd said that to a caller. And my boss just came out of his office again and went, 
John, can we talk? And I went, Barry, I know what you're going to say. And I am fired. Severance package. Severance package after 13 days, by the way, is four Canadian dollars. But I, it was pretty awesome. I was happy to have it. And uh, yeah, and then it turned out it was an entire scam. And I went and had to go to a lawyer. And they had transcripts of all the calls. And they said at one point, so you, they said, so you said this was a fucking scam. Why did you not report it? And I went, I actually wasn't sure. I just was specifically talking about one person lying and then using my name. I didn't know it was a scam at all. And I could see their faces drop. Like, they thought they had, like, the inside man. And they were like, oh, no, we just have a doofus. <laughs> and I just walked out. It was very strange. Yeah, it was my first time ever in a, in a police station. Anyone ever been in police stations ever had to bail anyone out? Bolton boy? Am I the only person who's had to bail someone out of jail? You, sir, the intense man in the back with the striped jumper. No, I'm talking to you, brother. Have you, you've had to bail a couple of your sons out of jail. No, they're just smart enough that they get to jail. They're usually bailing you out? Have you been to jail? No. You never know in this country. Like, it's, that's the accepting lovely thing about Scotland is that I was once sitting with a guy in the back of a comedy club and I was just having chat and I went, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen? He was like, um, I think it was, um, I was in prison and they were moving a serial killer, and one of the guards farted, and both the serial killer and the guard started laughing. <laughs> and I was just like, there are so many things in that story. And I went, why were you in jail? And he went, ah, you know, you get pissed up and rob three Tescos. <laughs> and I was like, in an evening, and he was like, no, but you know, you, you do one, you don't get caught, and you think, well, we can do it again. So you do it again, and then you do the third one, and then fuck, you go to jail for a year. Like in Canada, like it's so it's stigmatized, but here it's like, yeah, did a bit, whatever. Anyway, I had to bail a guy out of jail. He was my flatmate, and the reason I bit what the fuck is this? Did one of the other acts just leave a bag of cocaine here? <laughs> Whose is that? Is it yours, sir? All right, give this back. Give him his booger sugar. Can someone verify if that's cocaine? Yeah, I knew who I was asking. Look at the schnoz on that fella. No? Damn. What a different show that would be. Just 70 people doing one rail of cocaine and then trying to have one person talk? That would be a fucked up podcast. Just a lot of people, ah, no, I don't think you're addressing the 9-11 conspiracy that it lives within my head. Can we all make an agreement we are going to start a summer camp? such a useless drug. If you haven't done it, don't do it. How old are you, sir? You're 24, right? 24. Have you done cocaine? Never do it. Don't do it. It's just, it, listen, if you want to do cocaine, just find a, a man with a ponytail and sit in a toilet with him for three hours and you've done it. <laughs> and then take 80 pounds and just light it on fire. And then cry in a shower. That's the entire thing. You'd, that's all cocaine. It's, there's no fun. You don't meet a rock star. You can't poo for a couple of days. And you think about how you're a disappointment. There's nothing enjoyable in it. No pills, no powders. That's what I say to the police when they search my car. Now, I had to bail uh, my flatmate out of jail. He was a, a week late with the rent. And I paid all the rent, so I had to get him out so we could pay the rent. What happened was, and by the way, I'm allowed to tell this story because I bailed him out, and, and I bailed him out. I said, I get to tell this story in perpetuity. You can't stop him. And he went, I don't really look that good in it. Well, and I went, well, you got caught, so go fuck yourself. So anyway, he was a 30, he was 33 dating a 20-year-old. So right there, bad fucking idea. 
because 33-year-olds, they're into one type of life, which is, you know, like hanging out, drinking wine. You're obviously parents, because I saw your face just go, if my daughter ever dated... You're not? You had a very... You had that subtle mother face of, like, if my daughter ever dated a fucking man 13 years older than him, I would stab him in the fucking face. I'm sorry, did, it, did you take that as an insult? I didn't mean that as an insult. Well, why? Okay. Why, what's going on between you two kicky gals? No, I know your sisters. I can fucking tell. You look exactly the same. <laughs> she was the one who liked books, and you were the cool one who has stories that begin with car and end with abortion. <laughs> she really enjoyed that, but more importantly, her sister just laughed right in her fucking face. That was evil, miss. I love you so much. I wish you were my sister. And who's the older sister? I can't tell. I'm not... I'm not getting involved in that. I thought it was her. <laughs> That's one for you because of the other comment. And how, uh, how, how long's the space? Four years. Four years. You're four years older. You can never tell. <laughs> Back in the good books. Anyway, so my, uh, so my flatmate... 33, dating a 20-year-old, and they had this long, prolonged breakup where she got back together with him, broke up, got back together with him, broke up, and he acted like a petulant man-child, which is what every man is in that situation, and went, I don't understand this! I want some answers! And I explained to him, she's 20. She doesn't know anything. She thinks she knows everything. She's probably just too busy taking photographs of her food. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> and first walk out, he's off to go call his daughter and make sure that she's not dating a 33-year-old. See you later, sir. Glad he's gone. <laughs> he wrote that abortion joke. That wasn't me. That was him. So if you have a problem, you talk to him. Anyway, so he went, and they had this long conversation, and she was like, it's over, it's through. And he, like a fucking loser, like a loser. I know you're listening. You're a loser. <laughs> As she walks away, he stuck his foot out and tripped her. <laughs> I know. What a fucking dick face. So she falls on the ground. She goes inside. She calls her father. Her father was the chief of police of Toronto, the largest city in Canada where they live. Her father did what her father would do, which is called the police that are his friends. And they put out a charge of assault on him. But it's Canada. We take law enforcement very lax in Canada. So it took them 10 days to just knock on our door. And, and they didn't even arrest him. They just went, oh, hey, there's a warrant out for you. Can you just come down to the police station whenever you can? And he was like, yeah, I'll come down tonight. And they're like, great, thanks very much. See you later. If you ever wonder why our mayor smokes crack, it's because <laughs> there could be an open warrant out for you. And they're like, hey, can you come by sometime? Like, it's pretty busy being a policeman. Like, we got stuff to do, so anytime. And he's like, yeah, yeah, cool. So he shows up. I'm on the road this whole time. I'm only getting, like, no information. And so he's, uh, he's gone goes to the police station and they arrest him and put him in jail because uh, that's what happens when you go into a police station. Um, and uh, so I'm told. And so I get back from the road looking for my rent. It's not there. Can't find him. Can't find him. And I get a call from a chaplain, which is never good because either someone's died or someone's pregnant. Either way, I don't want that call. <laughs> and she goes, hi, I'm calling for blah, 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 blah. Uh, he is currently in prison and he's going to be transferred to King uh, Kingston Maximum Security in 12 hours if you don't get the bail money. And I went, what? What the fuck is going on? 
And then I said, can I speak to him? And then he, she, he was like, yeah, yeah, he'll call you. So he calls. And then the first thing I asked was, am I your first phone call? And he went, no, that's not a thing. And I was like, really? What the? It's not a thing. I always thought it was a thing. You get one phone call, they got phones. Call whoever the fuck you want. You're in jail. We don't give a... Thank you for coming back, sir. I only said pleasant things about you, by the way. And... Um, and so he calls me and we figure it out. And in uh, Canada, we have a similar legal system to the UK. So I thought I'd have to like bail him out and Dog the Bounty Hunter would be there and there'd be like a wanted poster and shit. And it's none of that. So me and he had to call someone else because I'm not going to be the only person. So he called a girl he had met in a bar two days previous because he is not good at life skills. A uh, couple at the back, by the way. If you want seats, there's seats uh, up here and stuff like that. You, no? Okay, cool. I just, you know, trying to be polite. Also, I want to make sure you don't walk out without paying, sir. <laughs> I, I, I like how you nodded and just went, that's the plan. <laughs> and that's the first time you laughed, you cheeky son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, so I go I go to it, and here's the thing. If, I don't know if you guys ever post bail, become a, sh a surety. So you have to take, you swear on a Bible to the queen that you are the ward of this individual, and if they break any laws, you've broken your word to the queen and God. At which point I said to the justice of the peace, I'm agnostic, I don't know if I believe in God. And then he went, listen, he's often very busy. It's fine. I can confirm the queen exists. Just swear to her. And I was just like, really? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. And I was like, you're very, very relaxed. He's like, I do this all the time. And so we do all that. And then you go into the room the room is so weird because there's the judge and it was this very harsh looking woman and she's wearing the white wig and I was not prepared for that. So I just started laughing at her and judges do not understand why the guy, and I was by the way still in jam jams. Like I woke up at eight in the morning to figure this out. I wasn't ready to go to court. Like I'm in pajamas with Crocs and a hoodie, haven't showered yet. I look like the meth dealer break, like busting out his friend. Just, yeah, yeah, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? And so I'm standing there, and she goes, is there something funny, Mr. Haspins? And I went, it's, it's Hastings. <laughs> she went, ah, I mispronounced your name. Apologies. <laughs> and then she went, from the court. And I went, oh, thank you. She went, you don't thank the court. And I went, oh. It was very embarrassing. And so he, they put them, because it's the same courtroom they use for the murderers as they do for the shitheads who trip a lady. And so they put the defendant in this translucent cube. <laughs> like he's on trial in Star Wars. <laughs> and he's standing there, and at one point he's so stressed out, he puts his hand up against the plastic and he wants some contact. But I was so pissed at him, I just punched it. <laughs> Which you again are not supposed to do. A policeman said, don't, don't, assault the, don't assault the prisoner. And he can't feel that. And he went, he can. It's pretty thin. <laughs> and so they go the whole thing. We have to pledge again. He gets, uh, he gets broken out. And then I said, hey, man, you need to go get a lawyer and sort this out. And he went, uh, no, nah, no, nah, it'll just get dropped. And I went, no, you pissed off the police. You pissed off the fire chief of Toronto. You need to solve this. Because at worst, he's going to start setting fires and no one's coming to help us. Like, I smoke inside. We, that's a risk. And so he doesn't solve it for like six months. He, we have to live together. I'm like planning on moving to the UK. And then I look through the sheets one day and there's a phone number I can call. If I call that number, I don't have to say anything. It's a specific number for our case. And I call it and immediately an APB goes out for him and he has to do 18 months in jail. 
and you've never seen motivation grow in a human being faster. <laughs> then I walked into his room and I went, you have two hours to find a lawyer and sort this, or I'm calling this number. And he read it and he went, okay. And he, I think he had, I don't even know where he got a lawyer number. I think he just picked up his phone and went, lawyer! And in like two hours, they figured it all out. It all got taken care of. And then my favorite part, which is you have to be unsworn to the queen. It was so cool. I got brought to the Justice of the Peace, but I was busy because I was moving to the UK, so I had to get visas. So we met in a car park, and he brought the Bible back out. <laughs> and he was just like, I now remove your oath to the realm. And I was like, is this really how this is supposed to be done? And he was just like, yeah, don't worry about it, man. And part of me doesn't believe he actually worked for the court. He was just a guy renting an office fucking with people. But it was absolutely bananas. I've had a very strange day. We haven't started the show yet. We will, but not yet. I have other things to talk about. I, uh, good, 32 minutes, plenty of time left on the show. I, uh, I hosted a lunch at an auction house today, and I brought this. This is the auction house, the George Goldsmith Real Estate Collection. I was uh, hosting it for the Pleasants because they were trying to raise some extra money. And I have never been in a room full of rich people ever in my life that matched. There was a man wearing a cranberry cravat that matched his shoes and his handkerchief matched his socks. And he said, I'm, wa I'm using my Thursday cane and it's Friday. Where is my head? What, 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 I understand class warfare in this country now. When that guy is walking around just being like, my Thursday cane. Jeffrey! What day is it? As you can see, this is mahogany. It is Friday. That is an oak day, you pleb. <laughs> it was there. It was absolutely amazing. It was actually very cool and inspiring because I saw some theater. I used to be in theater school. I used to be an actor. And then I, I stopped being an actor because I fucking fucking hate theater actors. I don't know if you guys have ever been around someone who's best described as need with a voice. <laughs> That's them. Like any parents in the room? Parents in the room? Either they are or they're not saying anything. You, sir? What do your children do for a living? One's a dietitian, one's at university, and what's the one at university studying? Nursing. That's occupations. Fuck off, book. Those are some, that's great for you too. So if you want to lose some weight, call one kid. And if you hurt yourself, call the other one. Yeah, you could, you know, start doing amateur surgery on the wife if you have a slow Thursday. And what did you, what do you do for a living, sir? You're a builder. Now that's a job, Lily. And what do you build? You see? What's the weirdest thing you ever built? A pass. What? I'll oh, pass the question. I thought he built a pass. <laughs> I, I know, but who the f do I look like I know how to build shit? Look at my hands. They're very uh, clean and soft because I never use them. I once used a hammer, by the way, to get screws into a bookcase. And if you want to break a bookcase, it's a really good way to do it. <laughs> so you pass. You don't want to say what you've built? A giant swastika. <laughs> no. I think that's the first time your wife laughed. What does she know that we don't, sir? Where were you between the years 1939 and 1945? Why are you looking at your wife? Where was she? I'm going to stop bothering you because you have that face that means you could kill me with your thumb. Yeah, just, you don't even need to say it. Yes, I could. I wouldn't even hit you where you think I'd hit you. I'd hit you in the thumb. 
plant a time bomb. <laughs> and what is your name, sir? Apologies, that's very rude of me. Ray. That's a builder name. Who put the crane there? It was Ray. Oh, he did a good job, actually. <laughs> and um, let me say this. I've never built anything. I was on a construction crew for one week. I was in demolition. If you are 19 years old and you want to get the aggression out, do demolition during the Canadian summer. In Canada, they have all these old heritage buildings that were built by the founders of every town. So where I'm from is called a place called Ottawa, and it was founded by a family called the Billings. And the reason why the area is called Ottawa is they went to a native person and went, what is this? And they motioned like this, and the guy thought he was pointing towards a squirrel, and uh, he went, Ottawa. And so Ottawa's named after a squirrel, <laughs> not the valley that it's in, which is called like Husawasaha, which is like Great Noble Valley. No, the capital of Canada means squirrel town. <laughs> and so I uh, grew up there, and they have to do all these refurb on these old heritage buildings because they're literally built out of asbestos and held together with racist thoughts and reasons why women shouldn't vote. Like they're just these like old scrap sheet plywood things, and they would just hire like kids who didn't have jobs. So I was 19, right out of high school, uh, going to university as a theater student, so my mom decided I needed a job because someone was going to pay for that degree and it was going to be her and she was not impressed about it, so she wanted me to be hurt while I was doing it. So she got me that job doing it and we walked in this heritage building and it was this, I've never seen anything like it, where they were just like, they handed us all sledgehammers and they went, this is what asbestos looks like. If you hit asbestos, stop. And I completely forgot what asbestos looked like and started bat do you guys know what asbestos is i know ray does okay so for those of you who don't know asbestos when released in the air will give you cancer like it's the only thing that they know for sure so when you see it you have to stop hitting it i when i encountered asbestos thought "Ooh, that looks like cake and then just hit it with my hammer really hard and the site supervisor i've never just ran over in panic going john what are you doing and i went breaking down this wall and he went that's asbestos and i went oh time for lunch, I guess. <laughs> and that's how I got fired from that job. Now, I've been fired from a lot of jobs. That's why I think I do this, because no one can fire me. Some of you can stare at me until I fucking cry, but I'm still not fired. Talking to you, sir, with the stubble like a trucker. <laughs> What's your name, brother? David. David. And what do you do for a living, sir? You're what? Currently unemployed as well. Did you also work in a weird job like Lily, where you just showed up and tinkered? Little. And wh what did you do before you began your sabbatical? You were head of change for Ann Summers? You were... Fuck, yeah. I don't know what that is, but you are not who would I picture as being the head of change for Ann Summers. What is Ann Summers? Uh, I'm from Canada. What's Loblaws? Point. Do you... Do you, you know? It is a shop. So what is Ann Summers? Um, they just sell like laundry and sex toys and stuff. Good for you, David. <laughs> oh, finally some podcast material we can sink our teeth in. You are alive with energy all of a sudden, miss. <laughs> Ann Summers. So, so why did you leave Ann Summers? Did they like... No, it was a contract job. It was a contract job. Contract ended. Your leaving parcel must have been very bizarre. <laughs> What's it like working in a... Because you're working in a smut factory, basically. I say that with love. Listen, if you look through my internet history, you'll go, really? And I'll go, listen, it's a buffet. I'm going to try everything. <laughs> it was a chore that someone had to do. What's the weirdest conversation you had in a dildo store? 
You never were an adult pilot. Apologies. What's the weirdest place you had to go to because of that job? You worked in the head office. Well, I assume it's just like a simple beige room. Someone going, you call this lube? I call it shit. It's not velvety. It's not smooth. And that is not the smell of strawberry. That is the smell of raspberry. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Ann Summers. We are the Argos of doing it. And I will not stand here and be smirch. Do you want to be like Boots? One tiny aisle with sad, confused people going, well, I guess I'll try, Lube, and they walk up, and the intense granny who works at the Boots over there, because your girlfriend's visiting, and she looks at it, and you can tell she wants to go, I know what you're doing, you're disgusting. And you also want to explain, listen, you have to keep things kicky in a relationship. You can't just lie on top of one another and expect that to be love. You gotta say, let's put it in there, see what happens. Right, sir? I didn't have many days like that. <laughs> but you had a few days like that. It was an experience. <laughs> um, I have so many questions. What is your favorite Ann Summers product? I'm a man, I didn't really appreciate most of their products. Most of their products. <laughs> But listen, you leave me in a chocolate factory long enough, I prefer crisps. I'm going to try some chocolate. <laughs> One lonely day in the office, you're just filming a velvety bra on your finger. I'll turn that CCTV camera off. <laughs> and they'll call me Davina for a couple of hours. No. <laughs> Lily, you son of a bitch. For those of you who missed it, Lily just leaned over to Jenny and went, he's lying. And are these all of your friends? Um, and those two have definitely sidled a little away from you. Although it's weird as she has, but he's actually leaned in. I have a couple of questions, actually. I ordered the blue mamba for my lady, and it hurt my neck. It would be funnier if I knew exactly what Ann Semmer sold. I'm just trying to make it up as I go along. Do they really? I'll see you there later. You gotta spice up the. You guys have been together three years. I'm sure that you've had that awkward time in boots trying to buy the lubricant from the sad, intense Protestant. So, yes, it's a yes, because she is looking at you going, don't you say a fucking word. And you're looking at me going, yeah, I'm not trying to be rude or anything. There's no children here, and if there are, they need to learn. Tiger Man, I'm one of these people, your lady. Do you hope so one day? turn around and show everyone that face. That was, f she went like this. First Dan Summers and now the tiger's gonna fuck a lady. What a show! Where are you from, brother? You live in Luton. Lily, if you're ever looking for someone who's into weird shit. Yeah, someone to scare the kids during Halloween. And how do you know these two lovely ladies? Fred Sweeney, and what did you study in university? Ancient history, favorite moment in ancient history? Um, <laughs> you were there for four years, fucker. You should have at least one. You asked me favorite moment in ancient history, and I'm going to say the day that um, Genghis Kong, or Khan, because Genghis Kong was just a porn star, and uh, I've been told from the research I've conducted with that guy, and... Uh, 
Genghis Khan, when uh, Genghis Khan conquered Afghanistan and completely reshaped the entire world because he conquered all of the tribes, and so they were left with only the very minute mountain people who came down and had to continue to scrap and keep that piece of land, but they weren't war-fearing, so they actually invented guerrilla warfare in that time, and that led to all of the other skirmishes and created that country being this fortified place because of how the land was reshaped. Very impactful historical moment right there for you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Listen to it on a podcast. What? Oh, suck dicks. <laughs> what the fuck's ancient history then? The day before, like, the day Jesus woke up and went, wine, and then that's it? Really? How are you going to get a job? <laughs> Said the man with a theater degree... Making up a show at the end of... I've never had job superiority over someone. <laughs> like, I've, no, I, I've lost a lot of jobs. But I just, like, when is everyone like, all right, we need to fix this toilet. Who invented the concept of modern plumbing? And then you just walk in, ah, it was the Romans, I think. I can't remember. Was it the Romans? Uh, Fuck. No, Thomas Crapper invented the flush toilet, but the original idea of a toilet was first proposed by the Roman Empire. Uh, hence the aqueducts. <laughs> Hastings! Yeah. Your move, shit Steve Fry. <laughs> Favorite moment in ancient history? You've had some time to think. Crossing of the Rubicon by Julius Caesar. Well, what happened that day? Come up here and tell everyone. Yeah, come on. What's your name, brother? Gavin. Gavin, everyone. I did want them all to see your tiger face. Yes, very good point. He's great. Um, so, Gavin, what happened when Julius Caesar crossed the Rubicon? Uh, well, basically, Julius Caesar was one of three... First question, what kind of salad did he have? Oh, Caesar salad. Yes, he did, Gavin. <laughs> Points for you. Bing. <laughs> and so he's crossing... So, so go ahead. Sorry, apologies. Right. So Julius Caesar is crossing the Rubicon in order to take down one of his political enemies in Rome. And then by crossing the Rubicon, he... Because the Rubicon... Was Next question, what is the Rubicon? I'm picturing a giant... What are those things that you solve that have the different colors on them from the 80s? I'm, I'm picturing a giant Rubik's Cube. I'm picturing a man in a toga just walking across a... I did a lot of drugs. Anyway. It's a river. It's a river. I thought you said it's a rumor. I'm like, no, it's confirmed. I was there. I did a lot of drugs. By crossing the river, he violated the law of Rome, which meant he was therefore an outlaw and had to become dictator, which led the way for the emperors of Rome. Get the fuck out of here. So that was the moment when, like, what's-his-face and his wife were like, let's stab this fucking fucking his fucking fuck? That's not exactly how they said it, by the way. Yeah, it's roughly how they... Yeah, yeah, like, forsooth, stab the fuck. Oi, a... Those fucking planners of 9-11, they need to keep it down. <laughs> We're trying to learn about history. What are they doing in there? Plotting another terrorist attack. Fucking assholes. Ridiculous, right, Gav? Yeah, totally. Where are you from, Gavin? Luton, correct? Well, I live in Luton, but just outside Glasgow. You ca just came from outside Glasgow. That's fine. And what part of Glasgow? Well, not Glasgow, really. Hamilton. What the fuck is that? 
It's Italian how you say it, Glasgow. Is it a nice place? Yeah. Oh, because there's a Hamilton in Canada. Have you been? It's a nice place. Don't lie to me. The sky is on fire from the steel mills. Okay, so anyway, there's this town in Canada called Hamilton, and as you're driving on the one bridge in to the entire uh, right side, that was very embarrassing, is this giant steel factory and steel processing plant, and so they have literally just shoots of fire screaming up into the atmosphere as you're driving into this fun suburb of a city you see the sky on fire then you turn left and as you drive in you come by all these burned out buildings where I saw a pregnant hooker one time (laughs) and that's who greets you you can control the first mile into your town when you see the pregnant hooker you go get in the car get the fuck away from it just go to the other side so yeah is Hamilton anything like that? Uh, probably worse. Worse than a town where the sky's on fire and the hookers are pregnant? Yeah, yeah. What make? Excuse me. <laughs> yes, sir. Is there a law in Hamilton that says you can't lock your car? Oh, in Hamilton, Ontario? That you can't lock your cars? No, but no one in Canada really locks our cars because we're idiots. It no, 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 no. Do you want... No, that isn't a lie. You wouldn't get attacked by a polar bear in Hamilton. It's way south. If you go north to Thunder Bay, there is a law. You can't lock your car because of the polar bear attack. I saw what you tried to do there, my friend. But yeah, and also, if you want to buy a house for $500, you can in northern Canada because this guy in the 70s thought it would be brilliant for people to have these palatial, beautiful estates to look on the lovely glaciers of the Arctic Ocean. And so he just built them all over the place. But he didn't realize that polar bears like eating people. And so... (laughs) they just would attack the workers. And so there's all these beautiful mansions and they're like $500, but they're outside what's called the bear zone. And so what that means is that no one will come help you fight the bears. So you just have to have guns. It's really fucked up. Because I've driven through it and there's just a sign that says, you are now exiting the bear zone. And you're just like, what the fuck does that mean? And then we were, this was like, I'd just gotten the first iPhone. So I Googled bear zone and some weird websites came up. It's also when I learned a bear isn't just an animal that goes rare. It's a big man who likes little men who also go rare. And, <laughs> and so we're driving along. So you're out of the bear zone. And it's literally, these are the only shops. Petrol station, gun shop. Petrol station that's a gun shop, gun shop. I went into one to get something to eat because I was hungry. And the guy went, just buy a gun and kill it. And I went, I don't think I'm going to do that. And he went, all right. We kept driving. It was really, really weird. We performed in uh, the, uh, the most... N- no, no, you stay there. I just like having you up here for the end of the show. Now, let me ask you, Gavin. You've had a great time at the show, right? Yeah, it's been pretty good. And how much do you think it costs to live in a, in a country free of polar bears? Oh, I don't know. Well, this country's free of polar bears. That's right. I live in this country. Yeah, very nice. So if you've just sat through a free show where you learned about Thunder Bay being places where you could lock your car for polar bears, you learned about crossing the Rubicon, we met Lily the posh lady and Damon and his kinky girlfriend who were into all sorts of shit, (laughs) and we met their dildo dealer Dave from Ann Summers. (laughs) How much do you think the show would be worth? That's a tough one. Thanks for helping me out on the pitch, brother. (laughs) It's the last time I trust a man dressed like a tiger. you're an accountant? Yeah, I'm not giving financial advice for free. <laughs> sit on the fucking... Sit right there, Dave. 
So, Gavin, you're an accountant. What qualifies you to be an accountant if you studied ancient history? <laughs> uh, the MSc I did in accountancy. Likely story. <laughs> and are you ever like Julius Caesar, taking some of the own coffers to fund your ill-gotten games, such as dressing your face like a tiger to woo those two ladies back to your den or flat? Well, that'd be fraud, and of course, as a qualified accountant, I would never condone such actions. Why are you winking? <laughs> I, I was definitely not winking. Just winked again. Let's try this again, Gav, or I'm calling Inland Revenue? I don't want to call Inland Revenue. We may have an issue with them. In that I, pay, I only had a visa that meant I pay taxes in, the, in Canada for the UK and then showed them a piece of paper, and I just got a letter that says, we've lost that piece of paper. Can you give us another one, or you owe us 30,000 pounds? And then I s called the Canadian government. They're like, you only get one of those. So I called Inland Revenue, and they said they can't, and they went, oh, well, we don't know what to do then, for fuck's sakes. Can you help me out with that, Gav? Uh, no, my management account. <laughs> You're really sending me up the shit river without a turd paddle, aren't you, pal? I'm going to cross the Rubicon and toss your salad. That joke was very clever for a couple of reasons. One, we were talking about Julius Caesar crossing the Rubicon. Two, Julius Caesar invented the Caesar salad. Thank you very much. Now, final question for you, Gavin. You agree with me that everyone should pay money to exit. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he did not <laughs> wink. And to clarify, money is stuff that folds, yes? Yeah, I suppose. He supposes. An accountant said suppose. That's law, right? Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, just before we wrap up, please remember, if you would like to donate to the show, and like to, I mean, please fucking donate. Uh, I'll be at the back with a bucket. We prefer folded money. If you can't, just throw in whatever you can. If you have a lot of pennies, just keep them. <laughs> Counting pennies, it's literally going to be the end of me. I, had, I took seven pounds in pennies to the bank. Do you know how they look at you when they, they look like you just robbed a fountain? That's what it looks like. <laughs> and I had just showered, so my hair was wet. It, did not, it was not a good scene. They just looked at me so confused. It was bizarre. All right. Final question. Have, what's the weirdest person you've ever done the books for? Have you done any books for someone who's definitely a drug dealer? I've only done the books for one company, so no. What company? Uh, it makes beverage cans. Good company? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, if you like beverage cans. If I like what? Beverage cans. Beverage cans. You do the accounts for a company that makes beverage cans. Wow. You must sleep real easy at night because like, that is the most boring thing I've ever heard. And I was talking to Lily before about her tinkering at Argos. <laughs> Gavin, let me ask you one last final question. Are you're going to try and rare one of those girls later, right? No. Let's say you are. What's your opening line going to be? Oh, I said so. Fucking good idea. I do like that. <laughs> All right, show, show them the roar. Ladies and gentlemen, on that roar of the accountant, Gavin, my name's John Hastings for Lily, for Ray. Thank you very much. I'll see you at the back. Have a great fringe. <laughs>